We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 257. Our guest today is a 29-year-old FEI Grand Prix rider based out of Florida. He is top 12 in Canada and 375 in the world, and he has managed to use data to really impact the performance of his show jumping career. He takes all of the fine details of every single round, any rail, anything that happens in each round, and is able to find trends and similarities in order to tweak his performance and tweak his program. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today, Sean Jobin. Hi, Sean. Hey, Bethany. How's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit. I w- I'm so excited to hear about your life and your riding career and a little bit about how you got to where you are today. But first, take me back. How did you first find yourself in the horse world? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my grandfather, he's from uh, Northern Ireland. And uh, it was uh, my mom, actually. He was always really supportive of my mom. Uh, she did a lot of equestrian sport growing up. Okay. And my mom... Uh, she became a groom for uh, some riders, some Canadian uh, Grand Prix riders. Nice. And then uh, she obviously kind of retired and had me and my uh, two brothers. And then, um, you know, she really got me into it. And that's kind of where I am today. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, you're a big fan. This is something that I wanted to talk to you about because you are a big fan of using data to support your training program, which I feel like is not a lot of people do. So tell me a little bit about that and how that kind of came to be as you have been incorporating data to improve your riding and your program. Yeah. So, um, I've always really enjoyed that. Like I've, I've always liked other sports. Um, big hockey fan. I like baseball too. Right. Um, I kind of like, you know, keeping track of (laughs) a lot of stats and other stuff. And it's, I just kind of find it fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially with, you know, fantasy leagues and, and things like that. And um, I think it was, uh, yeah, so it was 2016. Beth Underhill had organized a, a meeting. Uh, it was actually a series of meetings uh, for a bunch of the under 25 riders in Canada. And then one of the speakers one time was uh, Dr. Tim Warden, who's actually, he's yeah. a University of Guelph uh, alumni uh, like me. And, um, his, uh, his talk was really, really interesting. Like I was really fascinated about it. Right. It focused a lot on, uh, on a lot of sports science on, uh, rest recovery for horses have, you know, structuring, uh, training programs, uh, for high performance athletes and maybe what we can learn from that and apply it to, uh, to our courses. And, uh, also just, uh, integrating certain types of statistical analysis into, um, into a horse's evaluation, overall evaluation, right? And that's, it's kind of trying to keep track of a whole bunch of variables in show jumping that might be affecting a horse's performance or might show that a horse is, uh, is 
undervalued or anyways it was a big long uh, talk and um i was i was uh enthralled by it and so we talked afterwards and uh it's been nice he's, uh, he's a really great friend of mine now and he started kind of small right and, and it was like excel spreadsheets and just keeping track of like data points and you know, uh, like what day we showed the horse, what the place was, um, what kind of footing it was. And then we'd go through, uh, you know, different data on the actual horses round, like, you know, which fence did it have down? Which number was it? Uh, was it 6A or which rail did it have down? Did it have it down with its front end? Did it have it down with its back end? Did it approach it with the left lead, the right lead? Maybe some context behind it. And over time, we've kind of grown that. Mm. Um, and now really when I think about it, like from the statistical analysis, uh, point of view, like that's kind of the basis of it. And, uh, we've added new kind of information and ways to track different variables as well. But, uh, that's kind of where we started. It, it, I think it was around 2016. So it was kind of, it was a year, like I think Moneyball came out that year. So it was, yeah. Definitely like one of my favorite movies, right? Yeah. But uh, in a lot of ways, I think that's kind of, um, we face a lot of the same pressures and a lot of the same uh, obstacles in horse sport. So, yeah. When you were first starting to collect data, how did you know what to collect? Or did you just kind of like try to collect as much information and detail as possible? Yeah, that's a good question. I, like, especially when we started. So we probably didn't, we probably started in earnest in around 2017, 2018. And really, we had no idea kind of where to go um, and where to start. So we just started with the basics, like what, what we knew we could track and what we knew we didn't need a whole bunch of equipment or a whole bunch of funding to uh, make happen. So that's kind of where we went. And then it I think after, probably after six months to a year, we kind of realized certain trends in the data, um, especially with, with single horses, right? So like one, one trend maybe we'll find with one horse is like, you know, maybe it seems like when you ride it, it just has rails all the time, all over the place, doesn't, you can't really make any sense of it. And then you go back like over two weeks and you're like, yeah, it's, there's nothing here. Right. And then you go back over like a month or something and you're like, I don't get it. But then over like six months or a year, when you have like a really big sample size, mm -hmm. then you can really, uh, then you can really start to see a lot more. Right. The sample size is probably the biggest help in determining that kind of stuff. The big one we see a lot is, and it's easy to overlook is like where are the horse is having to rail in its course, right? Yep. And I know this just from personal experience. Um, you'll be riding around uh, a lot and it's, you kind of keep track of like how you felt, how, how the horse felt at a certain jump. And that's, I think, how a lot of horse, you know, how a lot of horse rider combinations gauge on um, how to take on their training afterwards. But um, where the, the course or where the rail came down, um, that's a big one there like especially if it's happening like pretty consistently at like maybe the first three to four jumps or the first like six to seven jump or something mm -hmm. you know or the back end it's consistently happening like i think it always sticks out when you have like the first rail or the very last rail you know but that's those are honestly kind of rare ones to have maybe the last one's a little bit more uh more likely to happen right yeah 
but yeah, and then uh, other stuff too, like uh, you know, where are the uh, where are the oxers coming down to? You consistently having those down. I think the biggest one that that kind of sticks out too is is triple combinations as well. Where are the horses having the rail in the triple combinations? Which uh, which leg is he having rails at? Uh, you know, is it at A, B, or C? Is it at oxer is it a front rail back rail oxer is it the front end back end you know all that kind of stuff that's that's interesting where i think when you have like a triple combination you know like if you have a rail down in it or something in like when you're done with the class you just kind of especially if you're not like tracking like just as simple as writing notes or uh, tracking that down on like a, you know a spreadsheet in your head that kind of like two weeks from then it's like okay i just i had a rail in the triple you know mm-hmm. And then you kind of go back and, and you might be missing some trends, like a pretty new horse I'm riding, Cuba. She's been uh, solid. And then we we're just kind of going back and looking through, you know, her results in, uh, in some of those uh, Grand Prix. And we noticed um, really at the, uh, we, we were having a few rails in the, in the triple combinations in particular, but they were really happening only at B. Um, B and C, you know, and actually at C very rarely. I think she had one rail at C and then she had something like three rails at B, right? And that's, I think that's kind of interesting because uh, that that just informed our training a little bit at home just to, uh, you know, set up some triple combinations at home and really work on getting the form and the power and the confidence at B and C out um, rather than having just, you know, making it really easy going in or, or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, we have other other data trackers now as as the program's gone on too. So that's helped us inform that. When you you mentioned before that you had started off collecting all of your data over like you know, just like an Excel spreadsheet, have you changed that up a little bit, or what kind of tools do you use to track all of your information now? One of the big ones was uh, the slow motion capture. Tim did a lot of work with that. Hmm. Uh, so that was a really, that's a really cool one, you, especially you, you kind of need a specific type of camera and, and um, that's a little bit different. I, I haven't done a lot of that, but it's, it's been pretty cool to see the results of uh, that work just more with looking at a whole bunch of different horses, um, but from like the same camera angle. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's got a really good rate of capture. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool to, to compare different horses. Um, for me particularly, we use the uh, heart rate monitors and uh, speedometers um, a decent amount a few years ago. A lot, of the, uh, a lot of the data that came out of that was really, really interesting. Um, and then just recently, we started working with uh, a logo, which is a, I think it's a Swiss company, David DeLeon's uh, managing it. And um, that's, that's a really interesting one for me because that, uh, that equipment tracks a lot more variables. It tracks uh, like a horse's lateral balances, forward and back uh, mm-hmm. balances, it tracks the g-forces that the horse is um, producing, um, and it tracks the arcs and the elevations and the uh, air times and everything and, uh, over the fences. So you get a ton of data from like the actual jump itself. We can tell how much, how many g-forces the horse generated and then experienced on landing right and uh, you can you can track uh you know how much the horse is is elevating up in the air if it's kind of coming down to the, a little bit quicker a little bit slower and the nice thing about that is it's very very accurate it's very detailed so especially when you're talking about jumps where you're only spending half a second in the air you know quarter of a seconds you know really matter 
elevations, like a lack of elevation of like five ten centimeters really matters too, right? Right. And then you can start telling maybe from there a little bit more accurately whether you need to address in training, like scope and strength and getting the horse up in the air and elevated a little bit stronger and better. Or maybe if it's dexterity, maybe if it's the horse uh, you, you need to work on getting them to work with their technique a little bit better over the air and fold their legs and um, land a little bit more confidently. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. How much information, how much data do you feel like you need per horse to when you can feel like you can comfortably come to, you know, like an informed conclusion? I think there's in horse sport, especially, um, like, especially where we are right now, I, I don't think the data is ever going to replace just pure horsemanship on decision-making levels, mostly because at the end of the day, it's, you know, a horse is a living, breathing um, animal, right? Um, a horse isn't, you know, a motorcycle. Um, they're not a machine. They have a, uh, they have a specific mindset. They have a specific psychology and, you know, maybe not like humans, but um, it's there. And I think the best way to look at the data rather than, you know, sitting down and, and spreadsheeting a horse and saying, okay, the horse is here on the spreadsheet, you use it maybe more to augment the art of working horse, right? Mm -hmm. um, because at, at the end of the day, nothing really does beat time and just like that a relationship with a horse, right? Um, when you have that, when you have a horse's full confidence and full trust in you, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty wonderful, and uh, I think that's that's really the uh, the key factor in, um, in a successful partnership in in a competition ring is is a horse that that knows you and trusts you and and likes you. So, I think you can use this data to to help with that and help understand maybe a horse a little better. And I think that we all have kind of our own personal biases, and especially for I think professionals when we're riding a lot of horses and we're we're trying to develop a whole bunch of relationships with a whole bunch of different horses and maybe we don't get to spend as much time as as uh, some junior amateurs who just have uh, you know one or two horses and they can they can get a lot more uh, saddle time and and personal time with them um, this way i think you can really maybe sit down and 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 see the horse in a different light you know mm -hmm, definitely Sometimes I feel like one of the most challenging parts of a training program is the management aspect of all the horses, all of their care, and just the organization of it all. So there is this app that a million riders use today called Equilab, and it really does capture everything you need for your horse to track data, as well as log any information you might refer to in order to keep your horse healthy and safe and organized. I'm talking tracking rides, gait distribution, being able to have your position set live so that other people can keep track of where you are on a trail ride. You can organize your riding, farrier, if you were lunging or jumping a certain day and keep track of the schedule. You can also share your journey with other people who use the app. 
It just offers so much organization. It's super fun to use and really informative, especially as you get more and more competitive and really every little detail counts that you're able to collect data to really make sure that your horse is in peak performance. But really it is for every level and every discipline. So if you want more information, visit their website at equilab.horse. That's E-Q-U-I-L-A-B dot horse and get more information. From looking at, let's say, a string of horses, a bunch of information, have you ever uncovered certain um, similarities or trends throughout all of the horses where then, you know, obviously common denominator is the rider where you can kind of uncover some things um, about your riding or things that you want to tweak as a rider? Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the biggest things for maybe first as a rider, um, we learn, and this is really just coming from uh, spreadsheets, uh, you know, looking into it with the other metrics we have. Um, this was an interesting one was uh, when I would write and we would do the spreadsheets and we kind of put context of like rider remark, rider feeling where we had a certain rail. I'd probably say 80% of the time um, I was writing in there uh, that I got to I got too flat. I got too much forward momentum. I was putting too much weight on the horse's forehand on takeoff. Uh, like uh, flat and deep is uh, is a pretty <laughs> is mm. a pretty recurring uh, comment in the context sections uh, uh, for me. So I thought that was uh, that's an interesting one um, there, and uh, I think that's that's something I've been uh, you know working to address as as myself. I think you know for me too, I'm a little bit taller as well for a rider, so um, that's something else I have to work on too. I can't kind of lean forward like maybe some other riders. I kind of mm. have to get a little bit taller than uh, than I'd like to, and so that's that's something I've noticed for the horses. Yeah. So one one interesting thing was when we're working with the heart rate, and I know heart rate's really uh, you know that that's a metric that the eventers and the endurance guys are are using a lot. Yeah, it's it's one in show jumping. We're only in the ring for about you know 70, 80, 90 seconds, right? So we're doing like high explosive work. Um, so it's it's a little bit different. We're not doing kind of that marathon work or that that endurance work that those other uh, disciplines do. But one thing we noticed was um, that when we're actually show jumping, like at home with the heart rates, um, the horses, a lot of the time, if they're fit and strong, they're actually not really going that high in the high intensity work. Like say, like if I flatten out the horse as fast as we can down an open track or field, uh, that, that would be pretty high intensity work. Um, like jumping a pretty big course, like around meter 50 at home, mm -hmm um gets below that like it's it's probably closer to like 80 percent of like a horse's high intensity you know yeah, yeah. but when you go into the ring at a horse show you can take that exact same horse right that's you know maybe like at uh in that level below like not high intensity but you know moderate intensity uh heart rate then you go into the ring and all of a sudden that the heart rate starts peaking a lot so i think there's there's a lot to say there too that that kind of stuff can tell you when you have like biomechanic issues or or, uh, or training issues or strength issues, but it can also tell you when that's not the issue, right? Uh, when your horse is strong enough, is fit enough, is it, you know it's physically there, but he's not confident enough, he's not like brave enough, he's he's uh, nervous when he goes into the ring, right? Yeah. And uh, so we so we notice that 
and especially like before offenses or something like that, we, we'd often see spikes in, in the heart rate, like from a spook and, or even when, you know, the rider doesn't even feel much of a spook, right? Doesn't seem like that much, but a horse is going up to a fence that, uh, you know, maybe feeling a little bit backed off, but uh, down, you know, deep in his heart, he's actually kind of, yeah. uh, kind of getting pretty nervous, right? We've seen uh, stuff like that. I had a, you know, a couple of years ago, I was trying to get ready for the uh, World Cup qualifier in, uh, in Live Oak, and before that, um, the horse I was riding, Darius, he was uh, he was having trouble at a triple combination as well, and um, couldn't really quite understand why. He like, came out of the corner, and he got really hoppy and uh, nervous, and I didn't want to give him that experience right before the qualifier, so I retired him from it, and then I uh, went back home and built the same kind of triple combination, and then we put the heart rate on, and it was going right in the sun into some like really light kind of gleaming uh, poles. Um, with some kind of spooky uh, ground fillers mm -hmm. and we just set it up at like a meter 30 the first time and he came around and he did the same thing he started hopping up and down getting nervous mm -hmm. and um, but it was at a meter 30 it's fine you know he's, he's strong enough and confident enough we kind of rode through it and then we set it up again at around meter 40 did it again we set it up around meter 50 did it again and then we went back and looked at the actual heart rate actually every time he jumped higher and higher and higher his heart rate got lower and lower and lower hmm. Um, so I think that's a good, just little anecdote right there of a situation where, um, you know, a horse maybe even doing higher and higher intensity work, you know, theoretically is actually, um, it's more an issue of, of a horse's confidence, right? Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's so interesting. And obviously you've been doing this for a while now. You collect very specific pieces of data and kind of know how, you know, to read it and understand it and incorporate it for maybe someone listening who is, you know, hasn't really collected any data before. Maybe they are um, an amateur rider or doing a lower level of work, um, but want to start kind of incorporating this idea of taking in information um, to become a more informed rider to see if there's any trends in their horses. Um, what would you recommend that they kind of start with or what they kind of start with as far as what they look at? Yeah, so like I said, I think I love the new stuff we have. I love the the Move Pro uh, system from a logo, um, and those uh, those equipments are all great to keep track of uh, certain things. But I think the best place to start really is is just something like, and you don't even need an Excel spreadsheet. You can just have a notebook and a notepad. And uh, I think the best place there is to, you know, when you jump your rounds at home in training or, uh, or in the competition ring, um, you know, however you like, just taking notes and uh, keeping the notes in maybe a chart or, or some kind of form where they're easily, uh, easily compared and easily tracked over time. Mm -hmm. So it, I think that's as simple as that. That's a big one, especially doing it kind of right after the class um, yeah. when the memory is still really fresh and uh, you don't have to kind of go back and remember how you felt or how the horse felt. Um, so just doing that and doing it over a period of time, I think it's a lot more about like uh, patience and getting a big enough sample size. And then, uh, yeah, I think you'll be surprised by, by how many trends can kind of come out of that. And then right. furthermore, you can add more and more, uh, more information. Like we're starting now that we have the move pro system. Now we're adding into that, uh, that database, uh, you know, the horse's elevation at certain jumps, the horse's speed, the horse's, uh, arc uh, trajectory um mm -hmm. horses and all that right but yeah 
That's really cool. And yeah, I really do like the idea of taking into account any rubs or rails or, and then, you know, taking it a step further and, you know, the front rail, back rail. I think that that is, I think that would show a lot of people some trends over time. Um, And obviously a lot of those things can be, um, you know, tweaks that we can do as riders, whether it's like you were saying, like body position or making that, you know, collection or lengthening of stride in the beginning of a line and not towards the end. And, you know, looking at all of those, you know, different pieces of information, I think can really tell you a lot about what you're doing with your body. Like even maybe even taking it that step further than, you know, just watching yourself in a video. I think that that even, you know, the, the collection of data really takes it another step further. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and again, this is, this isn't like completely new at the end of the day. This yeah. is something basically every major sports league and, uh, in the world um, or high performance sport does um, pretty seriously. And, and, you know, what we'd like to do, we'd like to at some point, maybe someday get it on par with, uh, with a lot of other uh, major league uh, sports. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's a process. It takes time. It takes fundraising. It takes a knowledgeable team. And I think it takes buy-in. Right. Right. I think also the uh, it's worth it. And, and I think we also owe it to the horses too. Right. To, uh, understand them as best we can and uh, to help them as best we can. Definitely. What would you say is an area of the equestrian industry that you're passionate about that you feel like the rest of equestrians or people within the industry either just don't know a lot about or don't talk enough about? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that is a good question. I, I, still think, uh, I said I was going to think about that. <laughs> I really, really like... Um, following following horses and riders and combinations and, and big championships and stuff like that and I think I think there's something about a horse sport that makes for a really really good story you know mm-hmm. uh, I was watching a little tv in the morning one day while I was away and uh Biscuit was on and yeah. it's like okay I have to stop and watch it you know because uh it's it's such a great story right and and sometimes I kind of I wish there was maybe a little bit more of that in show jumping, right? Mm-hmm. I wish you could follow a little bit more. I wish, um, I guess I wish there was just more information out there um, too about everything going on with the horses and riders at a really high level and uh, kind of the underdog stories always get me, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, and especially with like you being a sports guy and and used to that with the kind of mainstream sports and Um, you know, like obviously it's like so easy for sports fanatics to be able to go on ESPN or there's apps or like, you know, different cover stories or, you know, even just mainstream uh, like Netflix and Hulu, like so many things that get covered for telling stories about mainstream sports. It would be amazing just because, you know, it's such a unique sport with having that kind of like uh, partnership component with your partner not being you know, not speaking your language. And so I think that there's, um, and so many people who don't know much about the industry are so intrigued by horses and you see them throughout many areas of, um, you know, life and lifestyle and fashion and they're, they're everywhere. Um, but yeah, I feel like 
doing more to tell those stories um, just for our industry as a whole and kind of that overall awareness, but also um, from the high performance end um, to really be able to highlight these athletes' stories more by, by you know, showcasing that more. I, I definitely, I'm with you there a hundred percent. I think that that yeah. would not only be um, you know, good and nice for us within the sport to, you know, stay up to date on everything and, you know, be able to um, continue to learn and grow, but also for our industry as a whole and just having that overall exposure about our sport and for, you know, for our sport to keep going because it's a very unique, expensive, time-consuming sport. Yeah. And um, we can take all the help that we can get in terms of getting that exposure from the outside world. No, I, I think you nailed, you nailed it uh, there, right? Um, at the end of the day, like in horse sport, there's a lot of teams in, in show jumping especially that uh, can fund, uh, you know, their programs sure. like massively. And there's, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. I think I think a team with a lot of funding is, is fantastic. But it does produce a lot of underdog teams and stories too at the end of the day. And yeah. I think also when you're, I think accepting the the reality of the situation being like here's here's where we are who's who who we are as as a group and here's what we're gonna do even though the odds are are stacked against us mm -hmm. um, here's how we're gonna we're gonna change the sport right here's how we're gonna we're gonna come up with a, a competitive advantage against uh, against the Goliaths in the sport yeah that's that's what I'd have to say there. Yeah, I love that. Well, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time and walking me through that. I know in your eyes, this is um, old news, but I think for a lot of equestrians, it's something that is very revolutionary and exciting. And honestly, like you think about it and, you know, from hearing you talk, I think a lot of people will agree that yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense to be like physically collecting data. And there's a lot of things that we can do, like what you were saying to not only improve our riding, but to understand our horses more and that we owe that to our horses um, to not make the same mistake over and over and over again without even realizing it. Or, you know, there's so many things that, you know, tweaks yeah. and things that you've probably been able to do because of taking this extra little bit of time to collect all this data. So I appreciate it, even though, you know, you were saying it's has been around for a while. Um, I appreciate you kind of helping be a part of paving the way to be collecting more information and encouraging others to do so, raising awareness in that area. Um, because I definitely think that it would move our sport forward, which is always the goal. So thank you so much. And yeah. I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.